You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony. This week on the show, we have Tara Eisen. She's the author of At the Hour Between Dog and Wolf. We discuss the film Body Heat, opening a cafe where patrons are only allowed to read books, the common thread of mother-daughter relationships in her novels, how to tap playful creativity, Mickey Rourke when he was young and cute, and so much more. Hi, I'm Tara Eisen, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show! Yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Tara Eisen. She's the author of At the Hour Between Dog and Wolf. Hi, Tara. Hello, Tony. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on. How are you? I am I, well. I'm good. I'm exhausted, but I'm good. I'm what? I'm sort of at the end of the book tour, so I'm a little. Oh, is that what brings the exhaustion? So we're kind yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a happy exhaustion. I mean, I've been working on this book 25 years, so just the opportunity to be out in the world talking about it, I I'll suck it up and I'll get on any plane and do anything I can. Isn't it great to just be asked places? Oh. <laughs> What a, I, I, I just keep wanting to cry every day because mm-hmm. I just feel people are being so warm and kind and generous and especially fellow writers. I mean, it's really a lesson for all of us writers that we need to be generous with each other. And I'm saying that to myself as well. Like I need to, uh, we all need to support each other. As much as we now, possibly can. Has someone not been generous with you in your earlier books? Was there someone we got to talk to? <laughs> she thinks. The only person who was a jackass, if I can. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's just. I don't, think that, I don't know that let's this counts. It, say it names. Uh-huh. It wasn't a friend. It wasn't someone I know. But if I go back a million years to my first novel, which is called A Child Out of Alcatraz. Yeah, it's a mother-daughter story set on Alcatraz. The families of the prison staff lived there and blah, blah, blah. So lots of research for this. And um, one day I I wound up talking to a guy who had written a um, memoir about his boyhood. And I had read the memoir and I, you know, was going to acknowledge it in the book and all that. And I told him about the book I was working on. And he called me a little while later to say he had decided to write a novel about his own boyhood on the island. And we maybe we could collaborate on it. And I said, that sounds great. Your boyhood was fascinating, but my story is very much about a girl. Yeah. You know, living on Alcatraz. And his response was, but you can't do that. The girls could didn't have any fun on the on the island. Only the boys had any fun. The girls have no stories. Wow. Okay. That yeah, that 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 counts. What's his name? So we can all know him. I don't even know if he's with us anymore. He was a, an elderly gentleman at the time. Oh, oh. inspiring. That yeah. was so damned inspiring. The girls have no stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes the word no is like more, mm-hmm. it drives us more than the word yes. I heard no on this book for 20 years. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how, I mean, I would get disheartened and depressed and I would put it down and I would work on something else. But yeah, 20 years of no, um, publishers, editors, agents. I, yeah, but it, I kept going. 
you Wait, know? So was this like the one of the first books that you were trying to submit and get out there? Um, after my first novel, this yeah. was my next idea for a novel. And okay. my agent at the time wasn't into it. And I put it, I wanted to do whatever she wanted me to do. So I put it down and worked on another book and, you know, okay, fine. And that kept happening. Like, you know, agents kept sort of not being into it. Mm -hmm. And I tried um, getting it set up with a, a house myself. And I, I will tell you, by, by the time I landed where I've landed, I had um, 35 agents and 30 publishers tell me no. Hmm. The book doesn't work. Huh. And if I can be a really petty, small little person, mm -hmm. when the book came out and the reviews started, th this is the only reason this is a good story. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling this story. Okay. But when the review reviews started coming in, and I woke up to like, I guess it, maybe it was the Kirkus review, and it was a starred review. Oh, and good. I, I will tell you, my first thought was, screw you. Yeah. All of you publishers and editors and agents who told me the book doesn't work. Yeah. Now, don't now, now if we can just go back a little further in time, don't you wish that when you were writing the acknowledgement section, you got to have one more, <laughs> got to have one more section like resentments and, and you know, just like, hey, hey, Bill, here's the book you yeah, fuck you. slammed. Yeah. Hey, I, Tim, I here's the book. <laughs> that would be too publicly petty. <laughs> It'd be so much fun. There was, it, I just, I, I giggle at the idea of like winning an award, like on a giant stage, like say an Emmy or an Oscar and then, and going out there and having nobody to thank just everybody who you want to make sure like gets theirs on a very public yeah. forum. <laughs> you said who told you no, and that what you were doing didn't work or that you were doing it wrong or you know, you weren't going to make it. You're going to, you know, you're a total failure. Your career is over, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. I, you're right. I think we should be thanking the people who told us no it, um, as much as thank the people who supported us. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, I've thought about that a lot where I've been, I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm grateful that that didn't happen. And if I got that <clears throat> perfect job and that perfect moment in time, I may have never changed. And yeah. and I needed to change, and it's just yeah. like yeah. Uh, looking back, it was devastating, devastating, all these devastating things. And then it's just like now I want to go. Thank you, thank you. Do you need? A, do you need? I could love to buy you dinner. Don't want to sit with you, but I'd love to buy you dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I I think, and with each no, you know, I don't have a. I'm not a strong enough person. Where with each no, I just thought, well, you know, they're wrong. With each right. no, I first thought was, okay, maybe they're right. And I, I had to really look at the project and really think and try to understand what they were negative about. And maybe ultimately that did make it a better book because, you right. know, I would go back. I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't just brush off all mm. the no's. I had to think about them. Yeah. Um, I didn't, that said, I didn't, it's not, the truth is I wrote the book I wanted to write the way I wanted to write it. And it isn't fundamentally different than it was 20 years ago when mm -hmm. I started working. But, but at the same time, you're a different writer than you were 20 years ago when you're, so you're, are you approaching it a different way? Like a little bit? Or, I, I you know. think the, I'd like to think that in 20, 25 years I've accumulated, uh, I don't know, of oh, 
wisdom is too precious a word, but I, I'd like to think that I've... I think wisdom's a good word. Okay. Maybe a for, little for us who've Maybe been on this writer. planet a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have a feeling that the book probably did benefit from it taking so long because each time right. I would go back to it, you know, I'd add more layers, more layers, more layers. So. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's really good. If it's, you know, pasta sauce, you keep kind of, you know, you keep <laughs> tasting it and go, oh, it's just missing that little, I can't figure out what it is. And then when it simmered Pinch down. Yeah, then the, yeah. It took 25 years to make this pasta. It's just like, this is the best <laughs> oh, pasta damn, I've ever this had. This is the best pasta in the yeah. world. Yeah. It's like, I want to spit it out and eat it again. How much do we have left? <laughs> just this. I'm going to spit it out and eat it again. Okay, but the problem with that is unless you followed a recipe, and <laughs> I don't think following a recipe like to the to the letter necessarily produces the best results. Right. But it, it's the kind of thing you'll never reproduce it. You'll never be able to make pasta sauce that magnificent. Right. Again. Right. And it's funny. It's it's interesting how we come to the points of our stories where we go. Okay this is done. This is the, this is all the work I can do on it. And then it's out there. But at the same time, do you ever feel like I could still do more work on it? We just, there's just a point you just kind of got to stop and go next. Oh yeah. Don't you? Yeah, I, I do too. I, oh, all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm re-editing things in my head right now. I'm re-editing that question I just asked you. <laughs> the worst is when I'm doing a reading. And I oh, walk yeah. into a sentence where I think, ooh, ooh, I need to transpose those two words for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it keeps us humble. I hope so. Yeah, it's never, it's never finished. It can always be better. Yeah. Wait, um, and you put, what, there was a soft skull book you put out. And I think maybe that's why we know each You're other. Three. Oh, you did three? Okay, because mine came out on soft skull too in 2010. I think we were like yeah. kind of really close to each other on that. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, I had three with them. Um, yeah, I, you know, incredible, fabulous experience, changed my life. So grateful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, guess mine yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a book. It's life changing. <laughs> right, it is. Yeah, it it's is. yeah. It's cool. It's fun, man. So, you, how many books do you have out now? This is my sixth. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Are you working on number seven? Uh, I'm tired. I... <laughs> You're yeah. like, I'm waiting for the movies of all the other oh, six yeah. to come out. Oh yeah. From your, from your mouth to God's ears is, is my <laughs> um, I'm working, actually, I'm working on a new um, short story collection. The idea of a novel, oh. I, my God, I yeah. have to wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but stories, stories feel like my groove right now. That's good. Yeah. I know I was working on a rewrite this morning that of a book that I thought was done. And I'm just like, Oh, and it's just, it needed, it needs another rewrite. I got notes oh, from a, yeah, I got notes from a writer friend and I was like. Is it a novel? Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I thought it was done. And I'm so glad I didn't send it out yet. Yeah. Cause I was so cocky a month ago. I was like, we did it. Yep. And I'm running down There's the street. No. And then it's just like, we didn't yet. <laughs> Can you tell me about it? Or do you keep it close to the, close to the, the best? No, 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 I just, I don't. I uh, don't worry too much about it. I just suck at pitching it. And it's just, it's a story. It's it's set in the dream world. So when you die, when you die, you just end up becoming an actor in the subconscious. So, so everyone in our, everyone we don't know in our dreams is actually just dead people acting. So I love that. I love that concept. 
Okay, yeah. Here's your revision so I can read this novel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, I've been working on it for about 18 months. And I was, it was just funny because I saw a photo of the magazine because I, I just, I've been, I was trying to figure out the way into this idea for probably at least six months before that. And, um, and I figured they, I, I was telling my students last night, I was like, I figured my way in um, at three in the morning one, one oh, night. Uh, and all I had was, in? yeah, all I had was a copy of The Economist and I <laughs> pen and I was barely awake and I scribbled uh, down and it was just like, and I, I looked at it the other day and I was like, yep, that's funny. Those characters that I wrote out yeah. of the rules of the world, they're in there. They, yeah. they that, say that's happened to me, I think twice in my lifetime where I woke up in the middle of the night and had to get up and scribble something down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I, I knew I was going right, right back to sleep, but I think it was working so long on world building because I was talking with the students about world building last night. And I was like, I was, cause they're like, how long should you work on You know, is six months too long? I'm like way too long. That's what they did on this book. It's a bad idea, <laughs> but essentially the, in the end, the conversation went, well, then maybe I needed to bang my head against the wall world building so I can have that mm -hmm. epiphany because I was showing up daily yeah. daily daily and then epiphany yeah. but that was daily showing up and so yeah. that the epiphanies tend to come when you know when the gods of uh words go oh you're working on it and you're working yeah. on it for six months and you know what we're tired of watching you banging your head against the wall <laughs> here let's just give you a little taste so. yeah the, the muse does not invite you to the party you got to get to the party first yeah yeah and you gotta and you gotta hang out in the corner and you have to have nothing to drink and everyone else is drinking and you have to have no pants, just your underwear on and everyone else is dressed great. And you have to stand there for a while. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that how it feels? Why can we do this? My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that because I sort of, I love the concept because I sort of go with the, the Jung, I guess it's Jungian or Freudian. I don't know of, of all of the people in your dreams are, they're not the real people. Like if your mother's in your dream, it's not your mother. They're all aspects of your own psyche. Oh, um, Okay. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if I. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I thought it was the, I thought the people that we knew were partially them. And then the people we didn't know were aspects of ourselves. Hmm. Um, okay. But, but I've gotten it wrong because I, cause I've just been, I've been being silly in this world of yeah. this is, this has just allowed me to be silly for like 18 yeah. months. And part oh, of that. Silliness. Yeah. It's that's just, insane. it just makes me laugh. And I'm like, ha <laughs> ha. You know, and then I'm like, okay. Um, and then other people are like, what the hell is this? I'm like, exactly. I'm as, still a crafting. Teacher, as a teacher, I'm feeling more like I want to introduce, uh, you know, a creative writing teacher. I, I feel like I I'm want to introduce the concept of play. Mm -hmm. You know, we take, we all take it so seriously. And I like assigning, uh, you know, a lot of little assignments that are, you know, if it grows up to be something else, that's great. But meanwhile, yeah. make a mess. We're just playing around here. Try something. Um, I don't, I I think we're scared to play sometimes. Um, yeah. I'm just speaking for myself. No, I think, I think even just in society in general, we are, we're, we're meant to be so adult and so, you know, focused. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, there, yeah. there's a point where it's just like, yeah, you know, you can't go up and play with everyone. Like if you're in line getting coffee, you can't go to the person that you don't know in front of you and shake them on the shoulders and go, what's up, dude? How you, doing? <laughs> just like, you know, but you want to, it's in your heart. And you're just like, but that's socially unacceptable. Okay. I'll go home and play on the page. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll make my students play. <laughs> I'll give yeah, them, yeah. I'll give and, them some silly assignments. And I, but I've done, but they, there have been some incredible results. Yeah. As a result of that, I, I think there's this, you know, an inhibition gets lowered or I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but um, yeah. So it, it allows the room, it, it allows the room to be open to going back to kind of our, try to be, um ourselves again as kids yeah yeah just 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 throw ourselves on the playground and then write these things that are just you know that we got all uptight and self-conscious and scared and yeah and uh yeah i got a lot of people who are worried because they're like i can't write that what if someone what if what if blank blank reads it and i'm like you know what when you write it's not immediately published you have to write that (laughs) you write that and you write it and you craft it and you craft it and you craft it and then if you go wait you know a year down the road i can't write this and you go okay well why can't you write it what's going on well i have to wait till my mom dies okay well how old is she you know it's just look how wise we are look how wise we we're just it's just all wisdom hour here (laughs) I think it just comes from, it comes from being tired, but it's good tired. Mm, yeah. You know, when you're good tired and it's just yeah. like, what? Yeah, I I think we did a thing. Well, you've done a great thing. You're at the end of your, you're at the end of the road of your thing. So it's just yeah. like, whew. Yeah. It's, um, I, I mean, this sounds cliched and hyperbolic and melodramatic and whatever other qualifiers I can put out there. But now I feel like I can die happy. Like if, oh. if I... If I died without this book ever finding a home and being yeah. out in the world, I would have felt like I had left something undone, that there was this one thing I failed at. There was one thing I couldn't make happen in the world. Yeah. And as ridiculous as it sounds, I feel um, I feel I could I could die happy. I mean, there's more I want to do. I'm not looking to die. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, and I think, and then what's what's the real barometer of that is ten years from now when we're doing this again mm-hmm. on another book, I'll remember that and go, <laughs> I'll, and I'll be like, did you know? And and because I, I I feel like I you get to die happy and you're like, oh wait, I did it. I'm done. I could die. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been in those places before. And then I'm just like. Hey, what was I thinking? I yeah. got this other thing. It's a ridiculous, it's... stupid thing to say. I know that. But, you know, it is. It is. I'm not saying thing. it's ridiculous and stupid. I'm saying it's fantastic because a lot of people don't take the uh, the the road to do something like this. And, and be as vulnerable, especially because mm-hmm. people don't realize how hard. I mean, people, you know, you're a you're a prolific big time writer and they don't know that there's you know a 20 that is ridiculous tony but okay (laughs) there's there's a 25 year process to get Mm -hmm. this particular story out and to keep banging on it and banging on it and banging on it is is almost delusional because because there is yeah because there is a really great chance that no one would have still taken it and the answer still would have been no 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 was there a point where you were like where like something inside you went, oh my God, the yes is coming. And I have to just keep to, I have to keep showing up to this because the yes is there. Did you feel like there was a connection in the universe that was syncing up? Cause I, I want to know just in case so I can use it too. Yeah, no, I didn't feel the universe 
the universe doesn't give a shit about my little book. I know that the world doesn't care about my little book. Wait a second. You know, I didn't, it's not a cure for cancer. It's just one more novel. Um, I, I, I I disagree there. uh, I think, I think what it is, is when we put something out, we're adding to the mythology of the human condition where we're just, it's a little nudge. We're not sitting there and slapping it across the face and everyone's just changing, you know, they're going, Oh my God, I'm becoming a born again Christian now because I read this book. It, yeah. it, but it's a little nudge on the mythology of humanity. Oh man. That's um, okay. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't, little, I don't care how tiny that nudge is. I'll, uh, I'll take it. It's yeah. enough. It's, it's enough, especially in novels. Cause it's just like, you know, when I read a novel, it's just like, oh, it it does shift my perspective. Hmm. I just feel it shifts me a little bit. I at the end, usually, I'm just going, huh? Yeah. And it's, it could it could be the littlest, huh? But if I'm not actively reading, I'm a different person. You know, with this novel particularly, I mean, this novel is about a little Jewish girl, World War II France, living in hiding as a Catholic orphan. She gets lost in the new identity, and by the end of the story, she has internalized all of the Vichy Nazi propaganda and has become an anti, a devout Catholic anti-Semitic fascist. Yeah. And, you know, in recent years, let's say the last five, six, seven years, you know, I've, I've sometimes uh, chastised myself for not being more politically active. You know, I don't march. I don't write letters. I, I don't like conflict in real life. I try to, you know, but then I think, well, wait a minute, I'm, I've written a novel or I'm writing a novel that looks at how a vulnerable, a vulnerable mind um, turns to fascism, turns to right-wing extremist ideologies, the xenophobia, the racism, the anti-Semitism. And, you know, I'm a writer. And mm-hmm. if I can put a story like that out there, that, you know, I don't know, that, that, sh- that, shows or explores how that happens. I don't know. I guess that's something I can offer to the world. I think that's a much larger offering than showing up to a protest march. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think my readership, uh, I think the number of people at a protest march might be larger than my readership. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. (laughs) So that means what I got to do is I got to bring a stack of books to the protest march and just sit there and go, hey, what's your Venmo account? (laughs) I I like that idea. What's your Venmo account? Uh, Anti-fascist novel. Anti-fascist novel. I like that idea. Sure. Just totally like lean into the publicity part of it. Yeah. Well, that I'm willing to do. I'm not working my ass off for 25 years and then yeah. just throwing the book out there, you know, right. anything. <laughs> what, now what have you learned? Did, was there like something on your first and second book where you went, oh man, I'm not doing it that way on the next mm-hmm. book when it comes to getting it out there? You know, I, I'm sure you've experienced, you know, with your first book, what do you know? You know, you know nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you know, and that was pre-internet also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, remember, do you remember when publicity was, um, you'd ask your publisher if they'd print up a hundred postcards and you'd, you'd mail them out to everybody that you knew. And that was your promotion. Like, Oh, I, I printed out my own postcards. Oh. <laughs> <I did> my... <laughs> yeah. What, what else, you know, what else could you do? Yeah. Um, so I, I'd like to think with each book, I've gotten maybe a little savvier, but the other thing is that with 
Each of my books is radically different from the book that came before it. Mm -hmm. So while I think there's some general principles about motion, publicity, marketing, et cetera, et cetera, I also think in this day and age, it, it's important to also sort of um, focus your efforts a little bit. Like when I wrote um, the, the the essays book about movies, Reeling Through Life, How I mm -hmm. Learned to Live, Love and Die in the Movies, you know, I, I deliberately focused on movie sites, movie websites, movie speaking series, movie blogs, movie podcasts, you know, people who are interested in film. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that that was the demographic. I mean, you know, not the only demographic for this book, but so I think with each book, I've tried to imagine, okay, who, who would read the, you know, who would find this book interesting? I'd like to think that everybody in the world would find the book interesting, but yeah. you know, where to start? It's the wild west out there. And yeah, yeah. you can't do every blog, every podcast, every, everything. Um, so I like to think maybe I've gotten a little savvier about that but you know it's such a crap shoot you know yeah. you do your best you put it out there guys yeah. um, you know it's all you can do yeah it's yeah it's uh it's so strange and it's uh, it's so strange that um I, because uh the like even being an opinionated reader is such a great thing because it's just like like when i go to a bookstore 95 percent of those books i probably will not care about Right. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'll go or about 90%. I'll be like, eh. And then there's like 5%. I'll be like, this touches my heart. Yeah. And, and wow, if we can get even 1% of all the readership and touch oh. the 1% heart, that's, that's oh. a bestseller automatically. So it's just like, you know, I, it's just, we can't please everyone, but we, but it's just, we'll hit the right hearts. And then yeah. there's, and there's, and I know a lot of people look at my stuff and go, eh. And good, because it's not for them, or yeah, or it is yeah. for them, and maybe they should stop reading picture books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> story. I'm I'm still laughing from a moment ago when you said when I go into a bookstore, it's like really who go I, I I mean you know who is fortunate enough to have a bookstore that they can get to anymore? I mean I'd like to think oh, that yeah. bookstores are you know are are healthy and and vibrant. But, you know, I, wow, to go, to go to a bookstore um, right now is, I mean, it's a, it breaks my heart. Thank God for libraries. Oh my God. Yeah. Which what, I mean, which are also scaring me because I'm just like, oh. guys, can you keep buying books and stop getting the electrical copies? Cause I keep, I keep seeing new books coming yeah. out and they only get the eBooks now because there's no um, so-called demand. And I'm like, Hey guys, I'm the demand. <laughs> I still want yeah, the book. Yeah, I don't want to read I, it online. I don't like reading it online. No. Yeah, I, I like the feel of a book. I like the smell of a book. I like, I was discussing this with my students recently that, you know, you pick up a novel and um, you already have a relationship with the book before you start reading because uh -huh. you start reading and you, you already know, is this, you know, a tome? Is this going to be a 400 page relationship? Or is right. this going to be a 175-page relationship? And you, I think you, as a reader, I think you enter into the story differently. I, I think there's a, like a subconscious pacing that you do as a reader when you have the physical book with you. I don't know. I, I, That's interesting. I know I do. Yeah. It's, I haven't it, thought of yeah, it that the, way. 
but it's it I, it to me. I don't like. Yeah. It's like a tactical relationship that you have because I I still I have never read a book on like a Kindle or a device. I just can't do it. And even publicists are like, oh, here's the net galley. And I'm like, not going to not not even going to look at it because I'm already looking at a screen too much as it is. And um, and and, you know, the young kids are all like confused, like, oh, great. The old man again. We got the old guy. (laughs) But uh, but reading reading off. How do you read a novel? on a phone yeah i i i i don't know what to say i mean okay this is where we're we're showing our age (laughs) but i don't think it's just showing our age i think it's i think that there is um it's beautiful that there's it's a beautiful that there's a lot of information that we have access to that we never had access to before at the same time the paradox of choice isn't great because you can sit there and go on page 25 and go I don't know why I don't like this book yet. And well, you know, yeah. a lot of the time, please get rid of the book. If you don't like it by page 25, if you're not, if you're not connected, mm-hmm. there's a reason it's just yeah. because it's not working for you, but, but if there's page 25 is very reasonable to give it a try. Yeah. That's like, that's uh, like three dates. Yeah. That is <laughs> glad you brought it to dating. It's so true. It's just because, because there's just like, there's almost a honeymoon period. Like you, when you get the book in your hand and you're walking out of the bookstore and you're standing tall and you're going to the cafe, it's like, you're showing everyone that, Hey, you know what I do? I read, you know, and, it's just, <laughs> and, and this book just came with yeah. me and there's, and there's just like a joy of opening it up and okay. Yeah. The unknown. You read it, I do, you read it in public. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to um, get a good book and, and go sit in a bar or a restaurant and have a lovely meal by myself yeah. and read. I love doing that. I read at the it's cafe every day. To do. Yeah. One of the hardest things for me with COVID was yeah. I, you know, I wasn't going to restaurants or anything like that. Um, I love doing that. Yeah, I do too. I, I, yeah. I, I read at the, almost every day. I'm at a cafe reading uh, after I've done my writing mm. for the day. And it's just, it just, uh, it's everything I ever wanted in life when I was young and in my twenties, you know, I was oh. just like, Oh, the location's different though. Cause in my twenties, I was like, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a big time famous writer, you know? And I, I thought I would have a lot more books under my belt by now. And I'm going to, I'm going to just sit at a cafe in Paris and read and write all day. And then I realized about five years ago, I'm like, I have everything I want, except just, I'm just in a different location. I'm, I'm at a cafe in Los Angeles, reading and writing all day. I don't, you know, I don't need to switch countries. You could bring this beautiful um, relationship wherever you are. Fresno, Fresno, California, (laughs) coffee, book, writing, done. Every Anywhere. city in the world has some little cafe where you can sit and read. I can and, yeah. and if they don't, I'm opening one because the retail is probably really cheap. And <laughs> I would just, it would just be drip coffee only. We only got a li- half and half, no oat milk because Tony only likes half and half. And if anyone opens a laptop in here, you're kicked out immediately. Yeah, no, 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 and no, uh, no screens, no Kindles, no phones. No, no, no Kindle. I don't. I only want to see yeah. a glow. <laughs> I, I'd have a bow and arrow in the corner yeah. with like a like a doll bow and arrow. That's not great, but it would it would there would be signs all over warning the patrons that it'll that the bow and arrow will be uh, shot at your head 
if I even see <laughs> you lift up a device. And no electrical outlets. So no electrical outlets, nothing. Yeah. 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 Just pure. And I, and, and no one's going to come. There'll be like maybe four people our age, but those Mm -hmm. will be the best people in the world. And that'll be a think tank. And I'll just sit there and glow. I'll glow myself. The glowing will be the device. The idea of this makes me very happy. I'm, I'm all in favor of it. Yeah. Let's go and have these on it. The, the Tara and Tony. What well, is the Tara and Tony's coffee? It's, it's it's Tara, by the way. Is it Tara? You know, in my head when I was saying that at the beginning, I always Tara and Tara. I always screw up, and I always do it the wrong one. Everybody does. I know worries. That's why I didn't correct you initially. Um, uh, I wish you, know, you did. Then I could now, so I can I can correct you now. Tara, I like. It's like I always used to say, Kara Black, and I would always be like, Hi, Kara. Hi, Kara. And then when we did drinks at Tony, she's like, Oh, by the way, it's Kara. And I'm like, I've known you for how long, and you haven't corrected me. She's like, I don't correct anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Good so times else? with pronunciations. Yeah. When you, you know, I you say that the, your books have um, are all very different, but do you feel like there is a uniting thread of a theme throughout? Yes, Dysfun- dysfunction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dysfunction. Um, people, characters who, um, ref- who who refuse to reckon with a truth about themselves and keep getting confronted by it and keep, you know, I keep trying to force them to reckon with it and they keep refusing and refusing and refusing until there's an explosion and they act out and behave very, very badly. I, like um, that. I actually, I coined a term. I don't know if yeah. I, if this is a term, um, but I said this in an interview once where I, I want to push my characters to the point of having an emotional aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Um and and yeah and and because you know shit was not dealt with or faced earlier um they act out in very dysfunctional bad ways so i i would say that i would say that's one theme that that underlies a lot of my work but then i was realizing i recently reread um a a child out of alcatraz i recently after 20 odd years i read i reread oh, that oh wow how was that read, because because i don't oh, think people realize we don't sit there and read our books when they're done. No, it's it's no. too much. So no. when you when you do that, it's actually a very special, specific thing. I love that novel. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. <clears throat> yeah. But what I realized, so okay. So here's a novel I wrote 25, 30 years ago. And the new novel, the World War II France, the young girl novel, has thematically so much in common it's a young girl who feels her mother has abandoned her who you know is is searching for mothering and there isn't any and has to parent herself to some degree before she's ready to be doing that I mean it was really weird because there are a couple of sentences in the Alcatraz novel that oh my god I like used them almost verbatim in at the hour between dog and wolf like it it's it's the child struggling with some issue with the mother so I would say that the mother daughter thing is um, is definitely a theme and I'm sure it crops up in my in some of my stories too yeah yeah and it's yeah. been twenty years 
It's like it's like putting a time capsule in the ground and pulling it out and going, yeah. Is that how it felt? Yeah. Because yeah. I when I wrote this book, how what was my relationship to words? What was my relationship to story? How did I describe things? How did I have characters speak to each other? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it you're right. It's very much of a of a of a time capsule kind of thing. And it's such a different time too, because I mean, I think 20 years ago, I think movies like Fight Club and The Matrix are all just kind of coming out. And there's just this very, if it's pre 9-11, there's a very mm-hmm. different vibe. <laughs> there's an error in the human collective that shifted, you know, and it's just, and <clears throat> it's just fun to see that. Um, it, just to like read that, because uh, we're also capturing that moment in time. None of us yeah. have, have experienced everything that's happened over the last 20 years when we're reading a novel that's 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it's almost like opening a yearbook, but it's a well-crafted story that's taking you on the journey that yeah. we get to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're 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 making me do some thinking here, Tony. I yeah, this I acid just kicked in. It was so it was <laughs> <laughs> the LSD has begun. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you're in Arizona, right? Yeah. Oh, why do you say it like that? Is it kind of hard state to be in? Because I, I, okay, I'm going to say this, but you have to let me qualify it. Also, I hate Arizona very, very passionately mm-hmm. yeah. for many, many, many reasons. However, I love my job. I have a fabulous job. I am so grateful to it. I love our creative writing program at ASU. I love our students. I love my colleagues. So I feel incredibly lucky, fortunate, grateful to have the job that I do. Unfortunately, it's in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we can start with the weather and a hundred. That's the degrees. first thing I think of is how to deal uh, with the weather. I can't even fathom. And I mean, I'm an LA gal. I, you know, I grew up in LA. I'm a San Francisco. Is- I'm in San Francisco. I'm a San Francisco dude in LA. Going, I'm walking around LA in the summer, going, "What is this? Yeah. Why did I move here?" And but yeah. You know, it's, but then I just, it's, I, and then I, people go, Hey, let's go to the desert. Let's go somewhere hotter. And I'm like, no, I'm already uh, in the desert, man. I love it. Some people love it. I do not understand this. I mean, a human being is not meant to exist in 115 degree weather. Yeah. I, with I scorpions. Yeah. Just scorpions coming up with to you going, hi, I want to get stung. <laughs> yeah. They're there. They're out there. Um, I'm not a desert person, not my life either. Yeah. You know, I like green. I like lush. Mm. Um, so yeah, weather, the landscape, the, the cowboy culture. I mean, there's like four gun shops within a mile of campus. Oh, is it, is it, is that an open carry state? Is that what they call them? I don't think it's an open carry state, but you know, does it matter? Right. Uh, There's, there's one in a, there's one in every other person's pocket. So if you have any conflict at the post office. You go, oh. wait a second. I'm oh, not going to fight with this be person because nice. they're packing. Be nice. be nice to be, or, or in traffic, in a car. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, everybody gets to cut in front of me. Everybody lets to go Conflict ahead. resolution. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm um, not going to get shot today. Yeah. And then, you know, the politics. I mean, obviously, I'm in, it, you know, Arizona is rather purple right now. And I'm in Phoenix or I'm in Tempe, yeah. which, you know, you know, Maricopa County is... A, a little blue bubble, little liberal bubble. Um, but I think that's know. fun because then there's there's the push and pull when you know when you're in California and it's just you know all blue. 
then it's just yeah. like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah, you know, but but if you're but if you're kind of in the middle of it, the few states that are in the middle of it, because you it's, know, it's, I'm not finding it fun anymore. I just oh, the, stakes, yeah. the stakes are too high. Yeah. You know, these are people who, who want me dead. And yeah, is that a melodramatic hyperbolic statement? Okay, probably. Yeah. But you know, there are there are people in this state, as you know, all over the world who who want me dead for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, I, so, I know people who want me dead and they have good reasons for it. And then there's people that don't know who I am. And then they're, you know, the people who don't, I don't know who I, I don't am. I don't think and... I've driven anyone to murder yet, but, but I, I, you know, careful what you, careful what you say. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's fun to get books out there and then people get jealous and then you go, Ooh, there, I know there's a couple people out there that are so upset that I succeeded and, you know, and you just want to go oh. hang out with them. Oh, you know, you have some of those. Everyone has those. You know, I will say yes, of course, because I have that myself. I mean, yeah. I look at, you know, I look at other writers who have written more books or better books or they've won more awards or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a small, petty person. And, some, you know, I want to be happy for them and support them. But, you know, sometimes there's a little a little tug. Well, I got it where sometimes I'm like, I I just seriously don't like the person as a person. And then mm. I'll see their book at the book at the bookshop. I keep saying yeah. bookshop because I got bookshops near me. And um, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's just like I'm like, I know that person. I know that person's presenting themselves as this human being, but I know them and they <laughs> are not. Sure. And <laughs> So, you know, it, you know, if people are, I'm, I'm not, I don't say it. I don't say anything publicly, but if you're with yeah. me and we happen to be at a bookstore together, I'm like, this guy, and then I'll just talk to you. <laughs> but I would never say it in any public forum because good for them for, for getting books out there because we're I all kind of on the same team, but at the yeah. same time, you could still hate some of the players on the same team and still be on the same team. I, that's a great analogy. You're right. And we, we are all in it together and, you know, hut, hut or whatever, you know, the football analogy. Right. right. But, but, yeah, if, yeah. but if, uh, yeah, if I'm throwing some, if I'm throwing a football to him, I'm going to make sure to put it right in his eyeball. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's fun to just lean into resentments and hate. <laughs> I, you I know, can see how I fun this is. But, but then I channel it into my writing. Uh, yes. How do my, you channel it in Deers? Like characters who are all bitter and resentful and mm -hmm. full of bad, shitty feelings and um, take everything personally or offended at everything. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, thank God. Thank God for the writing, I guess. Um, what, what I find when I do that is then I realize, oh, wait, that's just a part of me. It's like I try to I try of to go, oh, I'm gonna tackle this thing that these people don't know, blah blah blah. You know, and those are the first drafts, right? And you're crafting, crafting, and then I'm just like, oh, that's just a very bad part of me. Oh, I I don't even have to have that process to know that. Like I, <laughs> I, I go into it knowing, okay, this character's primary characteristic is one of my absolute worst personality traits. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Run with yeah. it. Run with yeah. it. And what a yeah. great thing to be able to indulge in it. You know, it's, I don't, people say writing's therapeutic. I don't know if like writing a project is therapeutic, but there is mm -hmm. 
there's an element of self, um, what do you call it? Self um, study, self discovery that we have to do if we want yeah. to be good writers. Is there a difference between, for you, do you think there's a difference between therapeutic and cathartic? I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like there's points of like any, pro, any project, especially, you know, I, I always have to work on such ones that like mean something to me personally. And I think I have to find that meaning before I can totally dive in. Mm -hmm. So even if the book never comes out, I dove into what meant something personal to me. And yeah. then it's just like, okay, if the book doesn't come out, I'm going to be really upset. But at the same time, I explored something that I had to yeah. explore. And then, maybe, yeah. Maybe the writing thing we do is similar in a way to the dreaming that we do. That, you know, we work we work stuff out with these sort of archetypal figures in our dreams or these aspects of our own psyche in the dreams. And, you know, is it is it that different from going into the writing zone? Yeah. I don't know. And because because we're trying because we're doing something where it's probably touching the subconscious just enough, yeah, the, our unconscious selves. Yeah, yeah. I try to think, and this is the this is some of the silliness of what I've been trying to accomplish. And it's it this sounds way it, this makes my book sound really intellectual. It's not. It's mostly a comedy. But um, <clears throat> what is the collective unconscious? Do we all go to a same place in dream in the dream world and are hanging out with you know? I always always used to think if um. You know, if Brad Pitt's in my dream, like, <laughs> does he like see me and not recognize me? So I'm just someone he doesn't know, you know? And so <laughs> it's just like, uh, and I'm like, oh my God, Brad Pitt. And he's just Tony, like, oh, yeah. Tony, dude, how are you? So good to see you. What are you working on? Well, then, yeah, I have dreams like that too, where they know me. And then I'm sitting there going, and then I'm, and then I'm kind of hanging out in LA going, they'll be at the Starbucks one day. <laughs> <laughs> wait you're the guy from my dream yeah <laughs> and then they punch me <laughs> come on man i just wanted to kiss angelina jolie while you were still together what's wrong with that what's wrong with that oh man yeah so <laughs> did i just completely i put a complete stop on that like the kissing yeah. angelina jolie just didn't work <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I don't know you, who he's romantically involved with now. I think he is romantically involved with someone, right? I, I would assume he is, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I haven't, I, no one's told me anything. I, I have no, no. Uh, freaking gossip to pass along. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, if, if you just go like, uh, what was I just watching? I was watching uh, the making of some movie. Um, I forgot what the movie was. And they they said uh, we need a um, and they said we need a. There were two actors in it that were um, big supporting actors, and they said we need uh, you know, it was almost kind of like we need a Jack Black type and we need a something type, and they're like, let's just get Jack Black and the other person see what they're doing, <laughs> and then it's like their schedules are open. Okay, it's just uh, you know when you sit there and go um, and think to yourself, oh, you know, well if I were to date someone, I'd need a Brad Pitt type. Well, uh. See if Brad is available. Yeah. <laughs> he's available. He's available. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there. Speaking of Brad Pitt, who I adore, there's a book. There's a, one of his first films that he he was the feature. It was his first feature role was in a movie called Johnny Swade. 
Have you ever heard of that? No, I've, I think I've heard of it, but I've definitely never seen it. Yeah. The only reason I, I, I saw I, I, it. I, Brad Pitt became, you know, was like, who is this person from Thelma and Louise? So. Right. So what, so he had just filmed his scenes for Thelma and Louise. And then his, uh-huh. and then he went to Johnny Swade and okay. they didn't know anything was going to happen with Thelma yeah. and Louise and how, if he was going to go further. And um, and the only reason I watched this movie was because I'm a huge fan of Nick Cave. And Nick Cave has like a five minute role in the movie, uh, the Nick Cave, the singer. So I was just like, I'm like, I have to watch this. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, my! I watched I when I was young in my 20s. I had the VHS. I just I had to go buy it, you know, for the ten thousand yeah. dollars they used to cost. Yeah. And um, and I watched that probably 100 times when I was in my early 20s. It got me through my early twenties, Johnny Sway just wanted to find love and start a band made wow. so much sense to me. So much sense. I, I, I mean, I, this is only sort of related to what you're talking about, but for me, one of these sort of moments, like, like Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise, I had a moment like that when I went to a theater for the first time and watched, um, Oh, for God's sake, the double indemnity, um, a remake, although it wasn't a remake with Kathleen Turner and William Hurt. Come on. Um, I don't know. Lawrence Kasdan film. It was this really hot film. Very, very noir. Yeah. Sort of stupid attorney. Kathleen Turner was her first big role. I don't think I've ever seen it. And I just need to see it on the casting. No, no, you know, this movie, you know, and I, the fact that I am blanking on the title is mortifying to me, but anyway, so this was this hot movie, 1980-ish, when more, you know, and and bit player had a couple of short scenes. Yeah. Very young Mickey Rourke. No way. Oh my God. You cannot take your eyes off of him. He's yeah. just charismatic, compelling. And this was, he was beautiful. I mean, this was very young Mickey Rourke. He was at, he plays a, an arsonist, uh, a, a con. Who um, William Hurt had is a cheesy attorney had gotten out of gotten a deal for or something, um, and he is just he's breathtakingly beautiful, and there is just something there's a the voice and the oh my god, um, body heat, body heat. Thank you, Tony. I looked I mean, it I, up. Basically, I, I wanted to wrap up the interview so I could go look it up because otherwise I won't sleep tonight. Yeah, no, um, I've never I've seen, seen that movie. Interview. I, I will watch talk. it. Uh, it's yeah. on my You've watch list. Seen body heat. No. no. Oh, it's the, wonderful. That I'm still catching up on the culture that I missed out on growing up a Jehovah's Witness. So that was like oh, a movie no. I could not watch. So yeah. I I've been in catch up mode for like two decades. <laughs> oh, okay. Body heat is fantastic. I'm in. Reimagine, you know, contemporary reimagining of Double Indemnity. Yeah. Very noir. Um, it's really, really good. Highly recommend. You'll be so entertained. I just watched Pope of Greenwich Village lately again. I love that movie so much. That's intense. Yeah, and the, and I just and there's one scene where Mickey Rourke kicks another dude in the ass, like on the street of New York City. He goes, "Who do you think I am?" And then, and then he <laughs> and he lifts his foot up and kicks him in the ass. And it's a side foot. It's a side foot to the yeah. ass. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. We all used to we all used to kick each other in the asses yeah. in the eighties and nineties. Uh-huh. We'd be like, "What are you doing?" And we and I, when did we lose kicking each other in the ass? Like that know. that's are you, gone. Are you, saying, are you saying you want to bring it back? I'm trying to bring it back, but people keep arresting me. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, but you have to you have to promise me something. If that that you'll watch Body Heat and you will report back to me. I will watch Body Heat. I will report back to you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Tara, thanks for coming on the show. Tony, it's so great to hang out with you. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me. sit on drinks with tony check out her new book the hour between dog and wolf coming up later this month we have authors martha hall kelly and joe clifford on the show so stay tuned and keep reading keep writing keep storytelling our stories continue to shape who we are indulge in them dare to put them on paper write with abandon because real writing happens when we harness the abandon and craft it into a story in rewrites Thanks for listening.
You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.